Let's ride. Yo, what up, what up? Welcome to the No Playing This Ride podcast. It's a dub, fam. Number 20. Once again, No Playing This Ride. It is me, the host of this shit, Blackout. Coming to you from my fucking vehicle, as per usual. So shout out to everybody who's been listening. And to anybody new, welcome aboard. Hope you keep riding with me. Got a few things I want to talk about. I think most of this episode, I'm just going to be putting people on shit that I like. It's a dub, why not celebrate, right? But I do have some news stories I want to talk about. Some quick news and one of them being about podcasts. So apparently in Citrus County, Florida, there's a teacher who decided it was a good idea to have a podcast talking about white nationalist ideals. And I'm all about freedom of speech. I get that. That's cool. And I'm not too deep into what happened, but when you are in a position of teaching, you're going to be dealing with a mixed bag of kids, especially in Florida where it's pretty diverse. Now, I'm not too... I'm not too informed about the county she's in and what the demographics are, but still, as a teacher, you're around students, you you mold young minds. I think if you're going to do something like that, you got to be more careful because even if she was doing her job and doing it the right way, she's going to be looked at as a despicable person because right now, unless you're a certain person or a certain group of people, it's not going to pay off for you to be bigoted or looked at as a bigot in any shape, form, or fashion. Right, that racist shit is going out of style real quick. And with the way our kids are growing up, everybody's growing up online and in real life. And we're growing up all together, all liking the same shit. So I think that shit in the next, you know, maybe 30, 40, 50 years, however long it's going to take, I think it's going to go away. Despite what happened with the past election and current political figures, I think at some point people will wake up and, and realize that we're better together than separated by insignificant stupid bullshit i think that pretty much puts a a cap on that trash i didn't want to get too deep into it because i'm not ready to have that big race discussion on here yet i've dabbled i'm not going to front i have dabbled but i ain't there yet for me it's a complicated issue i know many good people and many bad people of different races so i don't really want to jump into that just yet but at some point i'm going to tackle it man and when i hit it i'm gonna hit that shit hard and i'm gonna give you all my full opinion on things but for now, I'm going to let that shit go and I'm going to focus on something else. A prominent black person, a very prominent black person, who decided it's, it was a good idea to spend damn near $30,000 on office furniture because he's working for somebody in the White House. Now, I get that as a, a surgeon, this cat was probably used to having a decent, a decent office wherever he worked at. But come on, man. How are you the head of HUD? of housing and urban development, and you spend a ridiculous amount of money on fucking furniture, even if it wasn't him. It's, it's a member of his staff. And then who okayed this? Is he directly in charge of those funds? Is, is there no cap on what you can spend on an office? And I understand you have a, a big position. Get it, got it, good. But with you dealing with people living in urban housing and low-income situations, the irony of you dealing with that and then going out and spending this lavish amount of money on fucking office furniture is crazy. 
that money could have definitely went somewhere else. And I get it. I get it. It's probably in your budget. But you being in that department, you should look at things a little bit differently. How do you sleep thinking about what you're doing? And I guess I got to ask that. I got to stop asking people that question because people who do shit like this are obviously fucking despicable. That's just my take on it. I don't understand how you could look at yourself in the mirror and and do something this counterproductive. Because not only had black people not looked at you the same way for a minute, Ben Carson, who I'm talking about, this is only going to further that. It makes you look stupid. Now you got white people looking at you fucking crazy. It's almost like, how dare you, man? But, you know, one thing I'm slowly learning is that I should expect this from people. Anybody who could stand next to a certain individual that you were just shitting on on a regular basis to go work for them when you don't need to. If you're, you know, you're a, a neurosurgeon, you don't need to take that job. It's almost like you lowered yourself, like you knelt before the new king or some bullshit like that. You kissed his feet. You kissed his converse, man. You kissed his converse like Leroy the Last Dragon. And you had already lost everybody's respect from that anyway, but this is just like a new low, man. But I'm off that. Um, back to Florida. So apparently my, my home state, the Sunshine State, is passing a law, or they passed a law, to say, fuck that, we're not springing forward. We're going to stay stuck in daylight savings. <laughs> they said, we're we not doing that, man. We're we tired of fucking with our clocks. We're not doing it. And my bro called me and talked to me about this shit. I think he felt like it was stupid. And, and then and on the surface, I felt like, yeah, fuck, yeah, that's fucking stupid. Why would you mess with the order of things? And then I, I thought about it on the, on the flip side. It's like, why do you need to change the time? We the sunshine state in Florida. We want our goddamn sun, and we want that hour back. So fuck that. We ain't changing our law. And looking at it now, man, I support it, man. It may sound crazy. It may be weird. But it's like, man, we ain't got to be like everybody else. If everybody else wants to do that shit, fine. You know, Florida's always in the news for some weird shit anyway. So why not keep the trend going and say, you know what? Fuck that. We not doing the whole daylight saving spring forward shit. We going to keep our time right where it is, god damn it. We're the first coast. Y'all follow what the fuck we do. We don't give a fuck about anybody west of us. If you want to roll with Florida, fuck this. Fuck all that spring forward bullshit. Just, just come ride with us. Come ride with us. We going to do this. And I'm actually upset that I'm in California at the time and missing out on that, but it's all good. I'm just bullshitting. I actually love California, and I feel like they should adopt the law too. Dead serious. What else I got for y'all, man? I have some notes. I'm fucking this all up. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it, man. It's done for the day, fam. That's it, man. I got nothing else for you guys, man. I'm sorry. It's going to be a short one today. We're going to be like six minutes in. Six minutes, and I got nothing left for you guys. I'm just bullshit, man. I got a little bit more. I got a little more. This is going to be quick. I'm trying to go in the crib and watch Walking Dead. I started on this shit mad late, and I got to edit it all tonight, too, so... You know, bear with me. You mean, your boy got a family. It was raining all the other day. I didn't want to do shit, so I'm scrambling. Forgive me. But I'm going to get y'all something real quick. So last week I told you guys a story because I didn't have a lot of sports. So I told you guys a story about my own personal sports fail, man. And I got another story for y'all. And this one, it wasn't my fail, really. But I was kind of responsible for it. You know, just let me explain. Let your boy explain. In the last episode I did, I told you guys about the football field in Jacksonville, Florida. It's not really just a field. It's at Lake Lucina Elementary School where they play baseball and soccer there. And in between the seasons where none of that shit's going on, niggas up there playing football. Or it used to be that way. But this particular time, it was soccer season. 
And, you know, like most little black kids running around, we're just looking for shit to do. We like to play sports or whatever. But at this time, the Lake Lucina's, the elementary school, they had a basketball court that was in the back. And it was, you had one, like, regulation size, a set of regulation size goals, and you had, like, I want to say four low goals, right? So we would all go back there on Saturdays and be back there having fucking dunk contests, playing fucking basketball, all type of shit. From that point on, anything low enough to jump on and hang on and pretend like we were dunking, that's what we did. So this particular day, me and my, my little my little cousin, my little cousin Corey, we were walking across the field. And we see these soccer goals. We decide, you know, before we jump this gate and uh sneak back through this um through the, the back way through the church to go home, we're gonna jump on the goals and fuck around and shit. Normal shit kids do. So we over there having a the ball. Boom, 360. We pretending we Jordan jumping from the fucking foul line. Doing all types of crazy dunks on the little um soccer goal. But for some reason, at one particular time, I decided I wanted to be Shaq. And I wanted to jump on the goal and I yanked that motherfucker like I was Daryl Dawkins breaking the backboard, right? I jump, boom, hang on it. And I'm just hanging. And the thing is, it's short. It's so short to the point where that I'm hanging. I'm, I'm still a kid. And I'm hanging and I got to pull my feet up in order to, you know, for them to not drag on the ground. And then I'm trying to stand up, so I yank it like I'm pulling the goal down like Shaq. Me not thinking about my little cuz who was out there with me. So I go to yank this bitch back, and I just hear, bam! And then he like, he screamed my name. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and it took me a while to realize what happened. But apparently the moment when I pulled the fucking goal back, he was going to jump to dunk on a soccer goal, and that shit smacked him directly in the fucking forehead. Bam! And I didn't realize it. It, it took me a while to look at him. He just laying there fucked up. So it's funny now, but I'm a, when it happened, I was scared as shit. But he was just laying there all fucked up. He had a headache and shit, and I still got to walk him home. So I end up... Uh, I end up walking him home and shit, and we stop at my house before he goes to his house across the street. And his older brother and my older brother coming out of my house, and I'm like, I told him what happened, but I'm sitting there mad scared because, like, I don't want him to have to go to the hospital and shit, and I don't want him to get back to our parents. Like, damn, you fucked him up. He's supposed to be looking out for him and shit. But it was it was so crazy. His older brother, I can't even really give a shit. Like, he saw him. He said, let me look at your head, man. Then all I heard was say, God, check out this side view. Because, like, he had this knot. It was almost like a silver dollar size knot. Perfect circle on his forehead. That shit looked like a plateau. Like, it came up to, like, a, almost like a, it looked like a quarter of an inch. And it was just this huge, perfect circle of a knot. And he had a little bit of swelling on the bridge of his nose. And, you know, you know as a kid, we laugh it off. And his older brother gave him, like, the worst advice possible. He was like, yeah go home and lay down, like, you know, black people and shit, like, you sick, just go lay, go lay down for a little bit, you'll be all right, man, and he went and laid down, and apparently he was all right, but for, for like a day and a half, I was scared and shit, like, I'm thinking he gonna be in a coma, and it, it was all fucked up, man, but that's, that's one story I had, and I got another one that actually involves me, and this is more, this is not really sports, it's just me being a dumbass kid, so back in the day, when I lived in Abington Square, I think it's called the Atrium now, but it's off Townsend Boulevard, and once again in Jacksonville, Florida. 
they had this park in their apartment complex. You know, they had all the little, you know, like the jungle gym or fucking monkey bars and tire swing and all that shit. But after, you know, after playing on that for so long, kids get tired of that shit. So they had this big-ass tree over there, and this tree had these, like, thick, almost wooden vines on there. And as kids, of course, you know, we climbing trees. This is the 80s and shit. We climbing on the trees, playing on it, whatever. And they had this one vine we would all swing on. It's like this vine was, it was, like, long and U-shaped to where you could sit on it like an actual swing. So one day I'm out there by myself. I'm on that motherfucker just swinging, swinging. And then I noticed that there's, and I remember there's another vine that just hangs straight down, like a normal Tarzan vine just hangs straight down. So I decide that I'm going to swing, I'm going to jump onto that bitch. So I get momentum and shit, swinging back and forth, swinging back and forth. And I jump to go reach it. Me not thinking about it at all, being a stupid little kid, all I did was push the motherfucking vine back that I was standing on. So I stretched out what felt like full horizontal trying to reach this one. Man, I fell flat on my goddamn stomach. <laughs> I knocked the wind out myself. <laughs> I laid there like an idiot for like five minutes just rolling around in pain, man. But that's what our kids are missing, man. They're missing that toughness from being outside and being able to go learn and experience shit on their own. I guess you could say I'm part of the problem now because I don't like to let my little girl go nowhere. All these creeps and pedophiles and shit you hear about. We even heard about somebody trying to snatch a little girl from a park in our area. It just goes to show, man, like times do change. We used to be outside doing shit, and even though we used to get hurt, we learned a lot. We learned how to take care of each other, man. But these kids today, they're coming up in a different era where, like, parents are aware of creeps and freaky people and all this wild shit going on in the world. So we kind of limit our kids, not to mention what's going on with video games, man. It's crazy. It's crazy, but I just wanted to give you guys a couple of stories from my past to fill this shit up because I did not prepare properly. But I figured I'd still give you guys something I hope was a little bit entertaining for you guys. And also uh, with sports, man, um, there was a bunch of fucking trades, a bunch of trades in football, too much for me to keep counting up. I think the Eagles traded Torrey Smith. I know the Browns traded Deshaun Kaiser. He ended up in Green Bay. They're probably, because I don't know if they're going to keep Brett Hundley, they're probably going to lose him. Or they're just stockpiling for whatever reason. I know the Dolphins traded somebody. Somebody else gave the Patriots a player who's probably going to be a champion soon because that's what New England does. It's going to be interesting, man. We're going to see. I'm excited for this new uh, season coming out. I, I want to see the draft. I want. I've been missing the, the whole fucking combine still. But I do want to see where these cats get drafted. And I'm ready to see some new guys produce. Because last season was exciting, seeing Mitch do his thing in Chicago and all these other and, um Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'm really excited to see what happens this year because the rookies in basketball have been, I'm not going to say disappointing. The one and two picks have been disappointing. Kyle Kuzma been on fire. I think Lonzo's taking a turn. I think that time being out and him missing those uh, those games has done something. The addition of Isaiah Thomas there. You had a player who's, who's more senior, who's been in the league for a while, played on a bunch of different teams, was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Was like the He was almost the face of the finals next to LeBron because he was out there giving people the business. I think it's working out well for them. I hope they keep that team together. And there's, you know, there's a lot of talk of them getting LeBron or getting Paul George. We gonna see. Nobody knows what LeBron James is gonna do right now. Paul George may or may not be on the fence. If I'm him, it's your dream to play for the Lakers and they want you. And the time to play now for the team you want is right, is right there next season. All you gotta do is be healthy next season. But if you look at the team he's on with him, Melo and Westbrook, I think it's hard to walk away from that. I think it's hard. 
and that's going to be a decision he has to make. But maybe if you take him off that team, you may make that team better as well because now Westbrook will only have to de- won't even really have to defer, but he'll just have Melo to kick the ball to who's a who's a shooter, who's going to stay on the perimeter and basically stay out his way. So it's not even like he'll really have to defer. He just that's an extra guy, an extra high volume scorer that he can share the ball with. That way they only have to share the ball really between two people. You still got Adams down there and you still got the rest of the people filling those roles that could do a good job for OKC. So even if Paul George left, I don't see OKC not making the playoffs in the West next year. Now, Paul George, I don't know how he would fit on the Lakers with what they're doing because I think for the role they would have him play Brandon Ingram's in that spot, and I don't know if they would just go small and play him and Ingram at the three and the four or if they would just play him at the two, which I think he could play as well. I think he played a little bit of two when he was in Indiana. Well, who knows, man? The NBA offseason is going to be great. I'm excited for baseball season. I'm going to finally try to actually be a decent baseball fan and watch some games, so go Yankees and all that shit. And I'm definitely going to try to attend some Padre games this year. So I'm looking forward to that. But now we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, man. This is me talking about the entertainment industry. Most notably, of course, hip-hop. But before I get to that, I want to tell you guys about two things. One is on Netflix, and it's the new David Letterman show he has. He's going to do it monthly. But the name of the show is called My Next Guest, and My Next Guest or something like that. But for... People who are interested or people who like or for people who hate the former president, Barack Obama, he was on there, and I think he did a great interview. And it gives you some insight to the the man that ran the country for eight years and his upbringing and just kind of how he moved, why he did, you know, rhyme or reason, whatever. I think it's a really good show. And I think if you have time to check it out, if you're interested, you should. Even if you don't like him, you should check it out because you may be able to find fault with some of the shit he did. So I would just say check it out, man. I think it's really dope. Another thing is a podcast I want to tell you guys about. One is called Ear Hustling. I told you about it before. It's really good. It's done from San Quentin Prison. And I've told you guys about this before, but the homie Bombay reached out. He said, hey, man, I think you should tell him about it again just in case people didn't hear you. But it's called Ear Hustle, and it's done from inside prison. There's a woman who comes to the prison and works with one of the guys in there. And they give you all the insight about prison life. And I think it's really good for a young man who may be going through some shit to listen to it so you can see all the things that he's not that he's actually taking for granted by fucking around and risking his freedom. I think it's great. If you got a young man or like any young troubled woman, I would have him sit down there and listen to it, man. And it'll make you value shit a whole lot more when you're actually hearing people that are locked up talking about how they miss it, and how they wish they can get back to it. So once again, it's called Ear Hustling, and it's on Apple. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but it's on, it's inside your little Apple podcast app. Now the next one, the next one is called uh, The Bodega Boys. It was these two guys, uh, two guys, one is uh, Jesus, one is Meryl. So I think it's Jesus Nice and the Kid Meryl, and it's called The Bodega Boys, and they basically just talk about whatever the fuck's going on. They hear a little bit of news, maybe some sports. It's just a kind of entertainment. They grab everything, and they it's, it's fucking crazy. You just got to listen to it. It's hilarious. They got these, in, these long-ass intros they do with all their AKAs, but I promise you it's funny. And if you are interested in the goings-on in New York City, you should check it out, man. 
they they just make they make me laugh, and I think it's dope. I feel like it's worth checking out. They also have a show on the Vice Next on the Vice Network, and it's just called Jesus Mero. So if you want to check that out before you check out the actual podcast, whatever, I just think it's worth your it's worth your ear for a few minutes. If you're somebody from the urban environment that likes that fast paced shit and all that, you should check it out. Or if you're somebody that's not from that and you're curious about it, check them out. It's pretty goddamn funny. Also, I want to talk about something that concerns me real quick. It's uh, it's it's been bothering me for a minute, and it's nothing serious, nothing crazy like that. But in the in the realm of hip hop, you have kind of like a battle going on between the generations, right? Where older guys like myself aren't, you know, really too happy about music and maybe even the style of dress of these younger guys. The industry, you know, mass media industry, has grown at an incredible rate. And you now have whole shows that are just internet-based, and they're talking about the music business or entertainment, sports, politics, whatever. But from these, these you know, these little pockets, these little genres, whatever, you get stars, and you get people who break out by utilizing internet, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, fucking MySpace, nah, I'm fuck with you, like YouTube, uh, Twitch, all, all those little fucking apps and programs or whatever you want to call them people become stars and they put themselves in position to meet people that are famous whether it be sports whether it be like hollywood whether it's politics whatever but music especially music and for me i like authentic stuff and a lot of times the more authentic people come from authentic situations all the talking and the media stuff they they may not really do that well they try to utilize it as a tool, but it's not really what they do well. And you got these media guys who look to exploit them, right? By They'll call themselves a fan, but use what these guys do in their personal lives, and they put it out there. The person in particular I'm talking about is DJ Academics. He's a, he's a younger guy. I'm not sure how, how young he is, but he's younger than me, goddammit, so I'm calling him a younger dude. Now, he has gained him a a pretty decent internet following, and I, I don't fault him at all for that. His methods and the things he does, sometimes I have to call him a question. He was on the show, he is on the show called Everyday Struggle, which is probably struggling every day since I think the creator of that show, Joe Button, since he left the show over some contract shit. Now, the show, it worked well, it was balanced because you had Joe Button, you know, the, the veteran rapper dude who's been in it for a minute, who's put out mixtapes, been in battles with people, who's made good music. And then you had the moderator, Nadeska. I think she's the actual journalist. And then you had the internet, younger YouTube personality guy, DJ Academics. And I'm not sure if he's a DJ. I just know he goes by DJ Academics. And it worked. It just worked because she would, you know, she would be the moderator, and they would go back and forth on different issues. You get the veteran rapper perspective, and then you get the young internet nerd perspective, right? And my thing with this guy is that Joe Buttons. Had his troubles on the street, but he's an authentic dude. When he when he's up there and he's saying things, he has knowledge of the industry and how shit works when it become when it comes to records and what people should release albums and all that. You know all the music industry shit. And DJ Academics, as far as I know, is just a chump from the internet. And he 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 gets himself in these spots where he feels safe in saying certain things about certain situations. He has no no idea how they work. And he's self-admittedly not a cat from the streets, but he seems to be 
trying to be next to these rappers who are from the streets. For me, I feel like he's going to get himself hurt. At one point, like Vic Mensa was on the show and told him he wanted to slap the shit out of him. I think something to that effect. I think I mentioned it on this before. But as a man, I just can't let that go. Like, I could never let somebody tell me some shit like that. And recently, he's been running around with the Takashi 6ix9ine kid with all the crazy tattoos who's telling people he wants him to, to test his gangster because they think he's soft. And that's why I said in a few episodes ago, like, what are you willing to stand next to? What do you stand for? Who can you stand next to? Because the people you're consistently standing next to, that's how you're going to be judged. I would not put it past somebody who didn't like Takashi to see somebody like academics who's a bit of a troll and approach him the wrong way, put hands on him or something because he's young. He, I don't think he knows any better. He, I feel like he's one of these kids that grew up on the internet. I don't know what his interaction with people was. He said he's not street. I come from an era where you, you had to be a little street. You had to be at least familiar enough to know not to say shit about certain people or not to put yourself where you look like you were lying to somebody who's a, who's a gang member, who claims to be a gang member, who has real issues. You out with this guy, right? Outside of your normal job, him being the guest on your show, whatever, you're out with him. You immediately make yourself a target in my, in my eyes. You popping that gang shit in New York and then walking through L.A. like it's cool, that's, that's, that's risky business, man. And you being next to that, that don't mean he got a pass because this can't say something about checking in as a fan of music, right? I've been paying attention to shit for a while. And when you do shit like you talk a certain game, right, you automatically put a target on your back, like I said. Some rappers have mentioned before that, that when they go certain places, they like, hey, I check in. I think even Snoop said, I go to New York. I holler at home. He's like, hey, I'm going to be in New York. I want to go here. What's good? If you're not from a certain area, it's only smart to get with one of your homeboys that is from the area so that he makes sure that you don't get yourself in a situation that you're in harm. Because everybody knows rappers get robbed. You in videos throwing money, ride around in fancy cars. You got girls that you wear, jewelry and shit. And then you go, you want to be a regular person still, but you had this persona you have to live up to. So you call yourself going into these neighborhoods thinking it's cool, trying to be amongst your people. These niggas going to rob you. Youngberg found out. They surrounded Baby's fucking car when he was in L.A. one time for some shit Lil Wayne said in a, in a rap song about, you know, that may have been disrespectful to Crips. Soldier Boy thought he was he was a blood. He thought he can claim that shit and go out in L.A. and try to and try to boss up and hug on these little niggas like it's cool. And Soldier Boy almost got this shit split. And he was trying to, he was around the gang he was trying to represent. So the, the, even these rappers aren't handling this shit responsibly. For, so for somebody who's not even for the street, who, who doesn't do music, you a sideline personality. For that person to even look like he's next to somebody, to me, is foolish. And he's putting up shit posted by, like, Casanova. For, if you guys haven't heard of Casanova two times, this is a cat from New York who's wild. This, this nigga's been in jail, been in prison and shit. He's trying to, he's just got off probation not too long ago. And he's not going to be the media-savvy shit, so he might react and put some shit up on Instagram. You, DJ Academics, being a person in the media, I understand you're trying to get a story, you're trying to get hits to the page, but you have to watch what you do. If I'm academics, I'm trying to get this guy to come on the show. And it's already bad enough that you look like you aligned with somebody that he don't have the warm fuzzy with. You then putting up shit that this man deleted. So obviously, he re you know, he thought about it, and he didn't really want it to go out, but you still put it out there. 
that don't mix. You need him on the show more than you need to have that little tweet or Instagram post on your page. It just doesn't make sense. And I just I just feel like something's going to happen to this kid, man. He's, like, he's going to be in a situation where one of these rappers he don't like is going to be somewhere because he's trying to be so involved in this industry, it's going to backfire on him. That's just my little opinion about that, man. He's going to learn. We're going to see what he does, but the future for him and him doing what he's doing to me, it looks dangerous. It, it really looks dangerous. But, yeah, that's, that's just a bad spot to be in. Now, keeping with the music, I want to talk about three great things that happened in the past couple weeks. So, number one I want to talk about is that Royster 5-9 freestyle. It was dope. I don't know if I'm giving Black Thought dope, but it was real dope. He gave people some bars for about 11 minutes. He did take breaks, but I think that was designed so that he could, you know, sip his drink and tell Flex, hey, it's all your fault. I think that's how they designed it before he got up there and did his thing. But, yo, he really, really went in, and he threw some shots. They may be indirect shots, but if the shoe fits, wear it. But he really did a, a good goddamn job. But I am going to say this. I feel like he was cheating because he had DJ Premier there. And for those of you who don't know, DJ Premier, formerly of Gangstar, legendary hip-hop producer, him and uh, Royster 5'9 in a group together called Prime. They actually put out a great album a couple years ago, and they got one coming out on the 16th. I feel like he was cheating. Wasn't a regular DJ back then. Had the leg up. Should have been the song on the album. I hope it's not. I hope he didn't go spit album bars as a freestyle. But nonetheless, you should take your monk ass on the YouTube and check out the Royster 5-9 Freestyle. It's on the Hot 97 page. You know, obviously, he did it with Funk Flex, but it was it was real dope. It was pretty good. Pretty good. And I like what Funk Flex is doing. Even though I don't really like Funk Flex, I like what he's doing, giving the veterans in the game, giving them a platform to come out and handle their business and show them that. And show these cats, like, this, is, this is the real shit. This is where you come to show everybody you can get busy. You got to go to Sway. And you got to go to Funk Flex and let people know you got them bars. Ain't no cell phones, none of that shit. Let, let people know. And giving them a platform to reach people they may not have reached before. I think it's uh, I think it's only right that legends like that get that opportunity. And the new guys, because it's not like he's just having older guys on there. He's having some, uh, some, some younger guys do it, too. I think the boy Don Q killed it. And there was some other, a bunch of young cats I didn't get to see. But people people been up there bodying that shit. But I think the standout right now was going to be uh, still Black Thought, but uh, it may be debatable. Royster 5-9 killed that shit. And as a bonus, if you like Black Thought and Royster 5-9, they actually got a song together on the first Prime album. It's called Wishing Part 2. There's that, man. Prime, March 16th. Go check out that Royster 5-9 freestyle. That shit is fire. Speaking of fire, obvious fire, this Nipsey Hussle album is fucking incredible. It's like super dope. And it's and I don't know if this is like the real, you know, studio album, whatever you want to call it. Cause he's been supposed to put out an album album for a long time. But he's been putting out mixtapes that to me sound like albums. But this shit here, this victory lap, this shit is dope. It's dope. He's giving a lot of game in this, a lot of game. Referencing books, talking about how he owns his own music and shit. Even though he signed a deal, he still has the right to all his music and and I'm with him on that. I love independent hip-hop artists. And that's why I love what Jay-Z said. How people still signing deals when you got everything you need to get your record label popping. 
It's crazy to me that everybody sells drugs and got all this money, but don't have the money to put together their own label. It's weird. Anyway, but this Nipsey Hut from, you know, beginning to end, it's a really dope album. He talks about the game culture. He talks about dedication to handling business, dedication to his music. He has a song with Kendrick Lamar, by the way, called Dedication. Um, he has a song, what's it, it's called Status Symbol, I think part two, with the kid Buddy. Buddy has a great song. It's called um, Come Find Me. He has a great song, but he killed that hook on Status Symbol 2. Blue Laces Part 2 was dope. The fucking intro was dope. It's just a really, really good album, man. And I hope you guys go get it. Because this guy's independent, doing it doing it himself. And getting it cracking, man. Please check this album out. This is one of my favorite rappers. And I think he's one of the best out the West. And the West has a lot more talent than people think. Especially my people out on the East. Y'all gotta start fucking with this West Coast shit. And I have um kind of a sleeper. The legend, one-third of the group, Little Brother. Guy by the name of Fonte. He put out an album called No News Is Good News. And it's a shorter album, but it's, it's dope. It's got, you know, it's about like maybe 10, 10 or more songs on there. And the songs aren't long, but it's like he gave you just enough music. It's like just the right amount of music, you know, to get you through like a, a nice little ride. It's called No News Is Good News. And this, this ain't no club shit. This ain't no dope boy gun shit, no skinny jeans shit. This is like that grown man. Hip hop, it's like the essence. And one of my things about Fonte that I like the most is that he all, he always speaks like plain English. It, it, I think it's dope. It's one of the talents Tupac had. I think one of the barriers to rap music is the language, because when you're listening to rap, and when I'm, I'm talking about you really listening to rap, if you like a hip hop head, you know there's two factors. There's the skill of the rapper. And there's the ability of the listener to hear what the rapper is saying. To, to break it down further, minorities, fucking everybody at this point, because we all growing up together liking the same shit. But when you're dealing with hip-hop, we tend to speak in words that have double meaning. The slang that, that we know may mean something completely different to the layperson who doesn't know what it means. So we speak in entendres and shit, especially in rap music. Like when you use the, the the word sleep, sleep could mean, you know, to the average person it means you're asleep, you're laying down. But sleep to us means like you you may not you're not woke, you're not awake to what's going on, you're not cognizant of the situation at hand. Or we say he's sleeping like he's sleeping on this song or this movie or whatever. So sleep has many different variables depending on what you're talking about. So one thing when it comes to rap music is you have to listen. It's the language. You, have, you can't be like a beginner when you're dealing with certain people. You have to get into it at the ground floor and like work your way up. Because like it's levels to this hip-hop shit. Like they say, there's the people that are going to understand the bass shit, and that's usually the stuff on the radio. And then there's people that are going to get guys that aren't on the radio as much, but still that following. And that's people like uh, Fonte and the group Little Brother he was in. It was him, the legendary producer, Nice Wonder, and the dude rapper Big Pooh, who was also pretty damn good as well but this album in particular is is real it's real fucking good it's called no news is good news and if you only listen to one song on there i would say listen to expensive jeans and that song he talks about the battle with um with your diet with your, just your health 
And it's just it's like a minute and some change, but it, it gives you a lot of perspective on what he's talking about. So if you're going to check out one song, it's Expensive Jeans. And the song after that also was called Cry No More. But it's Fonte, and it spells his name P-H-O-N-T-E. Real black, I know, but it's P-H-O-N-T-E. Fonte, with the accent mine over the E. And the album is No News is Good News. And also, if you want to hear anything of the old music he did with Little Brother, they have albums called The Chitlin Circuit, The Minstrel Show, um, Left Back. And there's one I'm not forgetting, man. I'm, it's pissing me off. I'm forgetting it. But if you go anywhere to any site where you can look up music and type in Little Brother, spelled the normal way, Little Brother, just go and look at it. And I guarantee you, if you're a hip-hop head, you'll love that shit. It's just beats. And rhymes, people talking about everyday shit, but it's dope. I guarantee you, you'll like it. And with that, I think I'm gonna shut this shit down so I can get in the house and watch Walking Dead, man. And uh, also, for my people on the East Coast, listen, I love y'all. We're all friends. But think about the homies on the West Coast, man. <laughs> if you watch Walking Dead or fucking The Shy or Game of Thrones or whatever fucking show you watch. Stop fucking the show up going on social media. The world don't fucking revolve around you. There's people that you know on Facebook or whatever social media site you're on that are all over the fucking country. And if you like me and you got military friends, they're all over the fucking world. So stop fucking putting the ending to shows on goddamn social media and ruining shit for everybody else. Please. Please. Stop doing that shit. And with that, that's it. Oh, also... Funny shit. I saw Offset had a video with Ric Flair in it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how they got that together, but shout out to Ric Flair, the legend. That man almost died not too long ago. I just thought it was crazy that it was in the video. But if you now if you think about it, it makes sense. Fast cars, girls, jewelry money, it all makes sense. The limousine riding and all that shit. So once again, y'all, no playing this ride podcast. Also, if you guys like music, check out my man Weeks. He has a record label, New Jack City Music. has a website, newjackcitymusic.net. If you need beats, if you need to get your shit mixed, and if you're in Florida, the Orlando area, and you need something recorded, holler at my man Brooks on the beat, man. On Twitter as Big Brother Brooks. Uh, he's on SoundCloud as Brooks on the beat. I'll put that in the show notes. Check him out. Help me help you out. Tell somebody about this. You ain't got to tell nobody else, goddammit. So no playing this ride at gmail.com if you want to get at me or no play 247 on Twitter, capital N, lowercase O, capital P, L-A-Y. Now let me take my ass in this house before my wife kills me so we can watch Walking Dead. Love y'all. Peace.